Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You know how I love Jerusalem. I love going there, walking the streets so rich with history, a place so significant to our faith, a city where God has worked out his purpose throughout the ages. But I'll tell you this, Jerusalem is a mess. There are the three great Abrahamic faiths that find it such an important city. You would think it would be a place of light and peace. But all that religion can't overcome the politics. So it's not. It's a place of division. Sometimes darkness. Sometimes people struggling to live alongside one another. Even within the Christian fold. Do you know this about the Church of the Holy Sepulchre? The Church of the Holy Sepulchre is the holiest place in Christianity. This is a church built on the site of Calvary, Golgotha, and the place of the resurrection. But it's a mess. Inside this sacred shrine is a bunch of Christians who don't get along. There are the Greek Orthodox, the Coptics from Egypt, the Armenian Orthodox, the Syriacs, the Roman Catholics. None of them have communion with one another. And they fight over the building. Actually, there were times when fistfights had broken out, like a Greek Orthodox priest who decks a Roman Catholic monk because he's cleaning a tile on the floor. That's the Greek Orthodox tile. This is our part of the building. Do you notice that no Christian holds a key to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre? The key is held by Adib Jawad Jauda al-Husseini. Since 1517, his Muslim family was entrusted with the key because the Christians couldn't work it out among themselves who gets to hold it. And then I also feel a little personal as an Episcopalian, you know, with all those Orthodox and Catholics. I can't say mass there because I'm a heretic to all of them. It's a holy place. That is also a holy mess. Seems like that's uh, Jerusalem throughout the scriptures. It's the capital of the people of God since the time of King David. There are some scriptures that claim that God chose it himself as a place to abide, to dwell in the temple that was in that city. But throughout the scriptures, it's also that the people with the temple are the same people who are always blowing it in that same God's eyes. Terrible kings, a corrupt priesthood. They behave so badly that they are taken away as slaves in exile in Babylon. They're in exile and coming back they regroup. We're gonna do it better this time. So that in Jesus' day you have all these Judaistic sects that are trying to do it right. The Sadducees taking so seriously the devotion in the temple and the animal sacrifices, making sure they're offered respectfully, correctly. You have the Pharisees. They are ultra devoted to the Bible, reading it, memorizing it, putting it into practice in every minute particular of their lives. But Jerusalem is still a mess. 
How do we know? It's in what Jesus says today. In thinking about that city that he's traveling to, Jerusalem, he laments. Maybe he's weeping. Maybe he's crying out in a kind of sorrow. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Do you see the tragedy of the story? Jesus, God in the flesh, comes to his people to take them close to him, his arms open wide. Come to me, I am your salvation, I am your peace. And their answer, we'll take our chances, right? If you're the Messiah, we'll wait for the next one. <laughs> this Messiah isn't good enough for these people. Maybe he's not going to further the nation. Maybe he's not going to multiply Israel's power. Maybe he's not going to destroy Israel's enemies. But he is the real Messiah who wants to take his people under his wings. And they'll have nothing of it. We might ask ourselves this. Why do we hear this scripture today? In the second Sunday in Lent. Do we hear it so that we can look back and say, you know, those silly Hebrews in the first century, they really blew it back then? Of course not. As illustrated in my uh, rendition of the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, Christians are no better off. We are to hear this because we are Jerusalem. The church is Jerusalem. The church is holy, but the church is a mess. You are a holy person and a mess. Your preacher, holy and a mess. Jesus comes to us all the time, wanting us to live close to his heart, wanting us to live under the shelter of his wings. And if we don't say it, we act like it, right? Not good enough. We'll take our chances. We've got places to go, people to meet. Don't slow us down. Got my own project I'm working on. I mean, that's what Lent is supposed to be in a way, right? A holy season, 40 days set apart. A time for us to give God a little bit of room, a little bit more space than we usually do so that we can draw near to his heart. How are you doing with that? I can tell you how I'm doing with it. There's always a temptation to blow that off, that time of prayer. I don't got time for that. I've got work piling up. As if my work is better than Jesus? Or, you know, joining the community for morning prayer. I haven't checked my Facebook yet. That's an important job. As if Facebook is better than Jesus? 
coming to church to walk the stations of the cross. You might think, you know, I'm only in episode four of season three of Ozark, and I have to know how this thing plays out. As if Ozark is better than Jesus? I don't mean to be overly dramatical, dramatic about this stuff, but there is a sense in which we run to these entertainments, we run to these distractions, maybe somehow not even realizing how good Jesus is, what it's like to live under his love, to draw near to his heart. But he's there saying, come, take shelter under my wings. I'm really not trying to guilt you out in this sermon. Um, I actually just want you to consider these two things. And the first is this, that we are Jerusalem, church. We are the Jerusalem that is preferring other things to Jesus all kinds of different ways. You know, whether it's the little sins of gossip or the big sins of embezzlement, you know, we're, we're trying to grab some sort of happiness, whether it's money or some kind of superiority over other people, because we think that's going to be a kind of happiness or security that's better than the love of Christ. I mean, sin's a little bit like the opioid uh, epidemic. I've been thinking about this with that on the news, you know, like people take Oxycontin and uh, fentanyl because it's a temporary kind of happiness, but they don't realize it just erodes what life is about from underneath them. And sin is like that. Or the way in which we neglect our time with the Lord who loves us. The opportunities we have to draw close to him, we kind of think, oh, there's something better to do. But there's not. That's the first thing I want you to know. We are the Jerusalem that Jesus is inviting close to his heart. The second thing is this. In this picture of Jesus, a mother hen who wants nothing but to keep his babies, her babies, the hen, safe. It is a picture of pure, unadulterated goodness and love and safety and protection. It has nothing to do with Jesus being like angry with you that you don't spend enough time with him, or I'm going to deal out some painful consequences if you don't get it in gear. It is a plea of pure love, of pure grace, Come to me, come close. Take refuge under my wings. And I say this because sometimes I think we don't come close to God because we feel like we're going to be judged or he's out to get us or make us somehow feel bad. We might be fearful of God. But scriptures make it perfectly clear about Christ. His perfect love casts out fear. In him there is no darkness at all. He is only light, only love. He only ever wants to offer us mercy and grace and protection. That's what a hen does for uh, her chicks, right? The hen gathers the chicks so that they're safe, so that they're saved so that they're shielded from the things that are going to hurt them, like maybe a fox, or maybe a dog, or maybe a uh, barnyard fire. The hen actually might get destroyed in the process. 
but the hen is only thinking about the good of her chicks and how to keep them safe. And that, of course, is where this story is all going. This whole part of Luke's gospel is Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. And we know in Jerusalem that Herod, the fox, is finally going to have his day. Along with the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Romans, all evil is going to be poured out upon Jesus as he hangs on the cross, as he gives his life for his people like a mother hen, offering herself for the safety of her young. And he's doing it to show us that under his love, under his grace, under his mercy, we have nothing to fear. It's the safest place in the world. I do love Jerusalem, even though it's uh, a mess. Messy people, messy church. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves his church, even though we are a mess. The question today is what keeps us from his love? What are the things we are tempted to think are somehow better or more satisfying or more accessible than simply setting aside those times to draw near to his heart, to receive his grace? Maybe this is an image that you can take with you. You know, whatever your view of God is, whatever you think you're doing in your time of prayer or opening up the scripture, what if you were to think of Jesus like that mother hen, or maybe to personify it, just his arms open wide for you. Keep that as the image in your mind of the God who wants to meet you, the God who wants to hold you close, the God who wants to embrace you as messy as you may be. And draw near the invitation Jesus offers us is to find in him the safest place in the world. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.